Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series with myself, Lisa Farley, and actor Eileen Walsh, whom I caught between shows, and she spoke about the circuit board of character, the family dynamic, the late night Grand Hotel, and how not to bring Bessie home with you. It's a roll call of theatre folk, Michael Murphy, Killian Murphy, Andrew Scott, Catherine Walsh, and the wisdom of Niall Boogie and Gina Moxley. Eileen talks candidly about the certainty of youth, the long-range forecast of Peggy Mike to Widow Quinn, and casting the part of Eileen Walsh. Enjoy this podcast. Welcome, Eileen Walsh. Thank you. Um, it's Big Wednesday for you. Uh, you're just out of the matinee performance of The Play in the Stars, and you've mm-hmm. yet to do your evening performance. Now, my first question, I was going to ask you, how do you come down between shows? But you're sitting here after coming from where? From the gym, yeah. Because, so normally between shows, everybody goes off and uh, if you finish at five, you've got your full hour and a half to go and grab something to eat, get a little couple of, you know, email sent or whatever, and then come back and try and get your head into the space. But today, in particular for me, has been tricky because my kids left and I really had to use my time well to clear my head. Um, So I went to the gym and I did a bit of a cycle for like, whatever, half an hour which then made me late for you, so I'm very sorry. But um, but yeah, no, I like to go in the morning, but then when I normally, so I, before kids and after kids is so different. So before kids, I used to come into work maybe two hours before the show to, you know, have your cup of tea, have a chat, get to, you know, but mainly get yourself in the space. Mm-hmm. Since kids, I'm lucky to get in the hour before. Mm-hmm. And... And it's, again, it's amazing how good you get with your time. An hour is loads of time for me now. So it focuses you. It does, yeah, because you, and, and you can't take work home and you have to switch on and switch off. And it's, it's a much healthier way to be as an actor because you're not carrying that drunken Bessie angst around with you. I know about three weeks into rehearsal, I came in and apologised to the lads because I had become very uh, catty. And I, f- I felt myself be really short and, you know, when you think you're saying something funny and it comes out much harder than you thought, you didn't mean it that way. And that's because... And I think it was because my kids weren't here and I think Bessie was kind of coming in on top of me a bit, which sounds like a total arsehole actor thing to say, but actually it's very true. But it's that shortness and that quickness, just a little bit fiery. And then I thought, I just think, I have to admit it sometimes, you mm-hmm. kind of go, I think I was bringing her home with me a bit. And would you have done that then, before you had kids, when you were doing I feel Terminus, like, when you were doing, yeah. uh, you know, Lady M? Yeah, so Terminus was my first time double jobbing, so I was rehearsing Terminus during the day and performing Saved at night. It's the one and only time I've ever double jobbed, and I don't think I could ever do it again. I mean, they're both magnificent roles and total head wrecks. But also, I had just had Tip, like Tippy was about eight months, nine months. When you were doing Saved, you had an yeah. eight-month-old baby? Yeah. That would That's wreck anyone's yeah. head. Yeah. So, um, but, so it was from then that you learn, you know, if it takes 40 minutes to get in to work, then you're leaving two hours before the show and that's one of your hours eaten up. So mm. you, you get an hour to prepare, that's it. And what is your process, um, say now, when you have... Uh, that condensed time um so uh i come in and since uh i was so i started work when i was 17 and i had a song that i really loved then that's nancy griffith late night grand hotel it's called and it's something that really places me and um focuses me and every night before uh before, or if it's a matinee before your first show I like to go to the highest point in the space in the theatre, in the seats 
um, and sing it. Um, do a couple of exercises that I learned from Andrea because she taught me in college. Uh, but really simple things and then finish with that song. And that song is about finding all the resonances in my body and in my head. And, and, and be, I, I did it once. I sang it in a theatre in, in America when we were there with Jude Murphy. And one of the guys was like, I, that's a great song. I like it. It's like you welcome the space. And I thought, I I'm going to take that. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so, yeah, and that's, it's really small, but it's about... I think sometimes if you spend too long, you then go into uh, worrying about what your first line is. <laughs> and as soon as you start worrying about that, you're... What are, what are your nerves like uh, before? Or have, you, have they been anchored? Are you used to that now? No, no, it comes and goes a bit. I, right now I'm in a good cycle. I'm not as nervy as I was. Uh, there was a time when I went through with Disco Pigs and I remember, f weirdly, feeling somewhat suicidal because of the pressure of such a small play doing so well and it was just me and Killian really you know what I mean and playing these massive venues in Toronto was the killer for me and I remember s sitting under the water we were in an incredible pool, uh, hotel that had a pool and I sat on the under the water and just thought I could just stay here and it'd be so much better <laughs> than having to do the show you were young though really that. young yeah I mean that all finished and I think I was 21 um, so that was bad the next bad time I remember hitting was Lady M. Actually, I cried every night doing Terminus. That was hard for me. And I remember walking up the streets in New York and bawling, crying, thinking I should be having a nice time and I don't want to do this play. And I vomited twice when I came off stage with it. And is, that, is, it, is it nerves or is it's it just that you're questioning? It's fear of, of messing up. Of, because, the play, because in particular, Mark's words were so complicated and beautiful but if you miss one word then the rhyme is messed up and and the fear of sitting in that darkness for 20 minutes until it you had no escape you had no safety check of just quickly checking what that word is okay i'm going i'll go again um uh, and then i remember uh, lady m here being very difficult as well and I think that was about it not reaching what it should have done. And I was so frustrated with it not being what it... I think I was a bit too young to play the role anyway, too, but you couldn't have told me that at the time. And then I was doing Medea later on, and I, I was so scared again, and I could feel it coming on me. And I met Michael Murphy, and he said, you have to start chanting, do a little bit of arming, and he taught me a chant. And he said, just because we had to lie in bed while people were coming in. Michael wasn't in the show, obviously. I wasn't lying in bed with Michael. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I remember being so fearful of having to be in that space. And I remember just, um, and doing Michael's chant. Um, and then he said to me, and sure, if all else fails, Walsh, do what Niall Buggy says. Leap, darling. Theatre will always catch you. And, and I remember writing leap over some of my entrances just to try and focus myself again. But touch wood, it hasn't since then, it hasn't raised its ugly head again. And when you, when you, when is Michael Murphy telling you that, is this not something that you learn in college? Like, I suppose the question I'm asking you, was college beneficial to you? Because it, I, I realize you're gonna learn things um, through doing. So you're like that very obvious thing of you're always learning. Mm. And, you know, somebody like, say, Killian, who we, so we both started at the same time, but he never went to drama school. 
but he very much has a process, very much has uh, a way of working and, you know, good people around him. So you, you either learn in those two years a basic technique of voice support. Uh, actually, maybe that's the most important thing that you learn is that voice support because that's something that I guess he has hassled with occasionally. Okay. Not that I'm speaking for him yeah. now, do you know what I mean? But it's that kind of thing that that's interesting and that over time. So he's learnt his, you know, he's learnt on the job. Um, and I think if you're constantly waiting to meet the right people, you know who you connect with, you know who mm. you can glean information from. Like Nell Buggy's wonderful to just sit and have a coffee with and will give you nuggets you know, just over a cup of tea, the fact that, you know, we, wh when you see people cry on stage, that's a real pain, because we, we very rarely cry in front of each other. And that's, and he said, some, and he, he was lovely to me one day, he just said, sometimes it's more important to, to not cry, to hold up, to really let the to audience... Struggle, to struggle. Yeah, you know. Um, so, so, yeah, I think you learn certain things in college, like preparation, uh, and being on time and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff and how important that is um, and teamwork um, but I went very young you know yeah take me back to the start um, well actually tell me a little bit about your background um, so I'm the youngest of six kids my sister Catherine is also an actor and she uh, left home to go to Dublin Youth Theatre but that was in the, I was at a point when you had to earn your equity card so um, she did Dublin Youth Theatre, she bought props for the gate, she worked in stage management for the gate, she eventually worked her way to getting a part, and then, you know, um, she did the two years at Trinity as well. Um, Road was her graduation show. Um, and I remember just thinking she was amazing, and I was always very poetic, and I loved English and writing and la la. And Catherine started me in Saturday morning workshops in Cork in, in the Crawford Art Gallery with Ger O'Neill. And, um, and I loved it. And Ger was really kind of instrumental in pushing me to go for Trinity. And um, so then I got that. I got my place in Trinity. And my mum said, put it off for a year. See if you can get better leaving cert results. And then that way you have a choice as to what you want to do. I guess for her, she would have preferred like arts and UCC, that great kind of like, what does, the, what does that mean thing? But anything other than acting, you know? And um, I, so, I, so I, Trinity were amazing and allowed me to postpone for one year. Um, and I was 17, you know, I was very little doing my leave and search anyway to begin with. Um, so repeating the year would have been good, but I got as far as Christmas, I hated it. I got a job working as a waitress that I found more interesting. But I lasted until Christmas anyway. And then Rough Magic were down auditioning for Dante Dan. And so I got that. It was at the end of my first term or something. Enda met me in Bewley's almost morning street. And Enda said, I saw Dante Dan and I loved it. And then I've written this and I think it would be great for you. And, and my, then my teacher at the time in Trinity said, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't go back to Cork for the summer. You should stay here in Dublin and really try and get some work going here. <laughs> And um, and I, I remind him of that still. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was kind of just the, the launch pad of everything, really. Came back, finished Trinity, and then went back off on tour with Disco Pigs again to Edinburgh and everything else. The graduation, I suppose, to a career came very quickly for you. Yeah. So what would your coping mechanism be for when, when the downtime 
occurred or when you don't get the part that you had your heart set on. Yeah, it's very hard because people do tend to say, you know, you don't take it personally or whatever, and it's possibly the most personal job. If they, if, if you don't get a job, it's really hard because you go, I'm, I, I was good, I was good in the room. Um, and then do you remember when it first occurred? Because like, you had this like meteoric, I suppose, um, rise at you know at the beginning, and all these things, like these fantastic plays, mm. opened up the world yeah. to you. I know, I know. It was very hard not not doing Disco Pigs the film, um, and that was cast before I even knew that it was happening. And some, I met somebody. I was rehearsing for Rough Magic. And I was walking along the road and somebody said to me, oh my God, I heard you're not doing it, how's that? I thought, oh. So, and that was like, that was like giving up something that you had brought into the world, you know. Uh, and that was the first lesson in how hard this job can be. Mm. Then how was it um, when you took over the role, for your sister's role from Eden, when then that was filmed? Because that's kind of... yeah. Reversal. It is, yeah. So, um, because of the whole Disco Pigs crack, um, she phoned me saying, I've just spoken to my agent. The producers have said they're going to go younger on it. You better get it. And I was like, oh, oh. well, I, I, I said, I, I just uh, had news that they want to see me for it. And she said, grand, that's cool. At least we know before the time. And weirdly, it was one of those that I knew I was going to get it. Maybe because I knew Aidan was reading opposite me as well, and I thought, oh, that's what we've done. We've played that already, you know. And I was just so close to the world. I, th I think I had done Pure Mule already as well, so, right. you know, you know I, I knew I was close to it. And uh, so we, but Catherine and I really had to kind of clear that between us. And that still is tricky, because obviously that was the one then that I went to Tribeca with, and, mm -hmm. you know, but... And, uh, but it's the play people remember more than the film. It's the play people say that's you know. It's a bit like that was that was her disco pigs that you know uh, they were in incredible performances. And I I was lucky enough to see it on opening night here next to my my parents. You know, it was amazing. Um, Do you talk? Um, you come from a family of six. Mm. Um, so I'm interested in, in in the family dynamic there. Do you do you talk theatre? Do you talk art or or are you a listener or a talker in your family? Which, where um, do you slot in there? I'm the youngest, so I'm the crack, really. That's kind of it. Um, and yeah, we all have very, very definite roles to play. I'm very lucky to have Catherine because it means that we can talk till our ears fall off about, any, you know, buildings or, you know, about actual theatres or plays or actors or, you know, you can have a proper bitch <laughs> or you can just... You know, she fully understands the uh, tough decision about having to let plays go as well because you've, you know, spent long enough away from home and all that kind mm. of thing. So it's really good to have someone like that. But then, you know, my other sister's an English teacher, so she loves getting into the whole kind of meat and veg of plays as well. Um, my other sister's a social worker, so that's always very interesting for the whole, because she's mental, <laughs> for the whole mental kind of thing about, you know. Um, 
Stuart and I went to um, couples therapy once um, and I loved it. I was like, oh, God, we have to come. And he, he was eventually going, I'm not coming back anymore. <laughs> you just keep telling me you hate me. We're finished with it. And I, I could have gone on. And I, it's I, the psychology it of is. it. It is. It's yeah. the joy of going, is that why I did that? That's amazing. I can't believe I'm such an enabler. <laughs> it's all that, you know. Well, I and suppose it's about motivation, isn't it? You look, yeah. is that how, is, is that what an actor's life is like then that you, when you meet people, you, you, I'm sure you can read people very well. I think you find ticks in people really interesting. There's a guy who works here, and uh, he, uh, he was on the phone, and he was totally unaware of it, but his, his, jaw, his jaw was going all the time, just uh, shaking a little bit. And I, I thought, there's a lovely little leak there. There's something that you're letting us know without even meaning to, you know. It's like when somebody's foot's shaking all the time. With, but it's, like it's just so not aware of it. So all that kind of stuff is interesting and it will come out in something else later on, you know, in some other part. Or do you? So did you find yourself at a young age kind of observing people? Like when was that moment that... Was there a moment or was it because... I suppose I'm aware that if you had an o- older sibling it, uh, in the, in the theatre acting, that mm. that was a legitimate career for you, you know, even though yeah. your parents would have had... But but was there a moment that you thought, actually, actually, this is for me. I can do this. I, um, yeah, yeah. There's a moment that I look back on something like Dante Dan, where that was easy for me. It was easy to key into that and project that and no fear. And Disco Pigs very much would have been that as well, a kind of uh, rose-tinted glasses of that kind of long, hot summer of what that was, because we were all so young. And, and there was no shame in it. We were really good at what we did. And so, yeah, of course, brilliant things happen because we're very good. How do you know when you're good? I don't know. And when you say and you didn't you reach it. certain parts, when you said <laughs> I didn't reach, you know, or, you know, with Lady M, you kind yeah. of didn't reach it. How, um, how do you measure that? You, you is it just an instinct? Yeah, I think it is instinct. And it's also a joy in playing it. I didn't get the joy of playing it because I didn't connect all the time. It's like if it was an electrical board, there was a little thing occasionally that would just fizz up. And whereas something like Bessie, there's a real clear way of it running through. That's the only way I can kind of explain it, that I kind of just uh, feel, I'd love another crack at it. At Lady M? Yeah. When you say you might have been too young to play her, in my mind, uh, you were young to play Bessie. Yeah, I know. What was your first Me reaction? Too. <laughs> yeah, well, was that your first reaction when you got the call to, to come it in? It kind of is, but I think, you know what, I, 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 my mum is seven. 70, about to turn 74 and she'll always say oh I'm only 18 in my head or whatever and uh, I can feel myself feeling a bit of that but kind of going being the youngest of six and all that kind of crack um, and then you go but you know what I'm 38 I could quite happily at the time have a kid that's 18 and signed up and gone yeah. you know what I mean so you just have to go are you going to embrace it or are you going to go I'm too young to play that yet and, and what hope that you get offered Nora mm. And actually, Bessie's such a cracker of a role. Why would you not have it? Um, and, but I guess we're so used to seeing it played as an older woman, uh, being kind of a stocky, heavy, you know, possibly northern as well. Yeah. And, and it's nice to kind of have her more ratty and animally. Did you take your inspiration... How do you prepare for a role? Did you do you? Really didn't want to do this, you know, because because I, I had seen Wayne's production and uh, 
scabby. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought she was great in it. She had such a physicality. And again, to she her was a bit ratty with her as well. I liked that. And I and so the first week of it, I couldn't get her out of my head, and I couldn't. I just I couldn't make it my own, and I didn't know what it was. Um, and then I found my own little way in, so that was better. Um, but yeah, it's hard to lose your own preconceived ideas of it, you know. And you wouldn't have studied it? Uh, never, right? no, yeah. yeah, never studied it. Didn't know it very well until Sean asked me to come in and help with auditions in London. So it was the first time I read it. Proper, like yes. I obviously seen Gabby, uh, but it was the first time that I read it, was for the auditions to read for jo- for Nora and Jack. And I remember phoning my agent going, oh, why have I never played Nora? And um, and I remember just saying, I've totally missed that. And my, my Maureen here was like, yes, you are too old, Walsh. You won't be getting that, <laughs> but you probably will get busy. I suppose um, it's adjusting to never playing Juliet. It is a bit. Kind of why did I not play that? Yeah. Yeah. But actually, I was only saying to somebody as well, recently on Twitter, uh, I think it was Keelan Dunn said something along the lines of, I just realised I'm past the age of of Peggy and Mike oh, so, oh god no. and then it became this whole thing of anyway Widow Quinn is the part you want <laughs> <laughs> that's alright don't that's need to right. Peggy oh that's funny isn't it like it's when I when I talk to actors all the time and they say like when they left uh, home to train or mm. this or that and they say they were you know, 20 or 25 or something and I'll always go oh that's so young and I realise that you know it's not like it's, it's not I'm just aware that I don't know. I, f- I suppose I forget that I'm getting older. And that's you know? exactly. But yet, when you're faced with it, you go, God, in my head, I could still easily play very early 30s. <laughs> like, no, you can't. Well, you could. I actually think you could. I'm glad I'm not a casting director. But, um, what other questions did I want to ask you before I let you go? Um, okay. Uh, actors kind of always say that they have to love the characters that they play. Um, of all the characters in all the mediums, uh, which of all which of the characters would you identify most with? Um, oh, it's a nice question. Who do I identify most with? I think um, I remember talking to Andrew Scott, and Andrew saying, "Aren't we just playing ourselves? Isn't that the trick to it? Don't tell anyone, like, but isn't that the trick? That's what we're doing." And I think so. I identify with all of them because it's me. It's me if I was in that state. It's me if, you know what I mean? Mm. And that's the only way that you kind of, instead of chasing after the character, bring them to you. Because that's the only thing that I can do differently from, you know, anybody else playing this role. If you were to get Dervla, she would bring Dervla to it, possibly, or, you know, if that's mm. the way she works. But, but, but why cast me? You cast me because what I bring to that and what I release from that writing and so yeah I I think there's a little bit of that anger of of disco pigs or the anger of Bessie I you know it's a great release because sometimes people are like oh you're so goofy and you're so you know kind of or you know you can do kind of uh, 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 delicate or fragile so nicely so it's lovely to get to fight against that as well and release that flavour that we all have you know who would play you in a movie then of your life yeah probably Keelan Dunn <laughs> really don't you think or a man <laughs> it'll be a man um, yeah I could see Keelan Dunn yeah I think she'd be great um, 
hadn't wouldn't be that, me though. anyway. I was expecting <laughs> you to say me. You're like, I could certainly play a 10 year old island watch. Yeah, I think. Um, I know it's kind of funny. Do you see yourself? Um, not that this has become the Keelan Dunn show, but do you do you see a parallel with or a, a similarity with you and Keelan? I do. And nobody's ever mentioned it to me or anything, but I can see it. I think there is a certain strength and kind of um, asexuality um, and uh, slightly outside the box. But then you can turn it on, you know, because she can play sexy and certainly I can play sexy, but you can, but more often than not, you you're more left field or the slightly abused character or you know I think like with Bessie that um, beautiful speech of my son you know and drenched in water and soaked in blood and and that's given to you at the very beginning Mm. and that's your key in you know that's how angry I am that 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 you I have a, a little boy he'll always be a baby to me and groping around desperate to survive as he's shredded to pieces you know no wonder she's angry mm-hmm. you know I suppose as an actor as you say you, you um, there are aspects of yourself in each role that either appeals to you or that you're you know you, you get mm-hmm. cast in so then what what's the best a life lesson that you've learned from a role or mm-hmm. is it or is it how you handle a big ensemble cast is well, I think, you know, whenever you start a new play, you've, you've got to be uh, a team player of some sort, you know. But, so my life lesson, I think, so on this, do you know what was lovely? It was lovely to play somebody who didn't necessarily want to be liked. Mm. And she doesn't set out to become a hero. It gets thrust upon her. And towards, you know, and even at the end... She, it doesn't she doesn't you know she does the good thing but only because it's forced upon and that's lovely it's very freeing but don't you have to like your characters what does that say then you do have to like your character but what's freeing is that she doesn't yeah need yeah. to be liked yeah but i and i like her because of that because as an actor and as eileen i'm desperate for people to like me and it's bloody amazing to go why and then gina moxie said to me why do you want to be liked? She said, it's much better to be admired. I thought, oh my God, that's fucking brilliant. That's what I want. <laughs> and that's a real freedom to go, yeah, fuck it. You don't need to be liked. Is that why, okay, two last questions. Okay. Is that why you got into acting, to be liked? I think I got into acting because I was good at it. And it didn't, it didn't seem, it seemed, it seemed like a very obvious thing that that's what I would do. And then why do you act? What do you get out of it? I act because it lets me say and do things, you know, that I would keep inside. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. I'm going to let you go, but I'm conscious of the time. You need to change. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much.